Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. I'd say you guys look good, but I can't see you. The front row said they look good. They all look good, he says. Amen. Uh, This is part three of In You. Now, who's in us? Well, thank God somebody remembered. Jesus is in us, amen? In the book of Colossians, uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 27, to whom God would make known what is his riches of his glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. No, when you think about that, it's more than just Christ in you because it's the hope of glory. In other words, because he lives in us and dwells in us, glory's dependent upon us to be that example of carrying Christ along with us and believing for what God has for us. You know, I was in uh, Manila, Philippines, and I was getting ready to board a plane back to America, and uh, I'm sitting in the waiting lounge, and I'm looking down the hallway, and three four-star generals is walking down the hallway towards where I'm at, and all three of them had a full colonel uh, carrying his briefcase. Now, nobody had to tell me who that was. When I seen it, what surprised me was, why would you put three four-star generals on a plane? Because if it went down, we'd lose all that knowledge and all that that they've earned and the leadership they could give, and yet no one had to tell me, hey, do you know who those are? I recognized immediately they were generals. How many knows when people look at our lives, they need to recognize who we are and who's in us, which is Jesus Christ. It says Christ in us in the scripture, the hope of glory. In other words, not only for you and me, but for those we come in contact with, for those that have needs, Those that are crying out, is there an answer? You and I bear Christ in us, and therefore we can have an influence in every situation we find ourselves in. If somebody's sick, we can have an influence. Somebody's discouraged, we can have an influence. And so Christ in you is the hope of glory. So even though you say, well, I'm born again, that's what it means, and that's true. And you can say, my sins are forgiven. And that can be true also. But what we got to get a hold of is that you and I are his representative and we're the hope of what he did to this generation. And so many times we need to ask ourselves, do we really believe who Jesus said he was? You say, oh, he was. Well, as they said in the scriptures and also in one of the sermons we just heard, he's our healer. He's our provider. He's the one that makes a way when there's no way. 
He's the one who raises up a standard when all the hell comes against us. But many times I think we forget or we don't claim who we are and we don't really stand for how we should stand. And so we need to stop and think, who is he anyway? Well, he's everything to us. He's our salvation. I want to say it again. He's our Savior, our Deliverer, our Healer, and our Provider. And so if we're going to be Christians and we got Christ in us, then we have glory in us to the generation that we're a part of. That means when you're on the job and people need something, it's Christ in you is the answer. It means when somebody's sick and they need a miracle, Christ in you is the answer to that need they have. And so you and I need to not only believe Jesus is who he says he is, but we also need to believe there's nothing he can't do. But see, we got to recognize that. Just like I recognize they were generals in the army representing the United States, you and I need to realize that we are God's people representing the kingdom of God. <coughs> now don't shut me down. See, we say we believe who he says he is. We say we believe he can do anything, but I want to ask you a question. Do you believe he can do it for you and through you? Because that's the answer. He's a God that provides for us. You know, I've shared this with a lot of people. I was preaching in Henryville, Indiana, a place where probably nobody in here has ever heard of. Yes, there's probably one that heard. Henryville, Indiana, it's just a little place off of Interstate 65. But I did not know that Colonel Sanders was born and raised there. And not only did he, before he went to Kentucky, he was there and he attended a little tiny country Methodist church. And so Joey and I was invited to go to the homecoming and I was going to preach the homecoming. So I get up, the building's pretty crowded, maybe 100 people, it was a small building. And so I'm into my sermon and there's a ruckus in the back of the church. <coughs> and immediately... I realized who the ruckus was. Colonel Sanders walked in. And the word spread like fire. And here I am trying to preach a homecoming. And people are getting up, going back, starting to talk to Colonel Sanders. So I did whatever good preacher should do. I shut up and let them talk. Because <coughs> I wanted to talk to Colonel Sanders. But see, I recognized immediately who he was. Joni and I was in South Africa for a while. We were looking maybe to Pioneer Church in South Africa. And I, there right on the beach and the ocean and the sand was Colonel Sanders' picture on a building. Kentucky Fried Chicken had made it to South Africa. And everywhere I went overseas, there he was. I mean, I, I don't think I went to any country besides Africa and India that I didn't see Colonel Sanders. 
And he's recognized around the world. He's not even here anymore. He's in eternity. Now, we do have some young people in our church that if you show them his picture, they don't know who he is. But for all of you that sit and listen to me, you all know who he was. He was recognized immediately when you've seen him. You know, if Christ is in us, and it's the hope of glory, and he dwells in us, all the power dwells in us, people should recognize when they see us who we belong to and who's in us. So if you're around somebody and they're swearing, maybe you can say this to them. You're not offending me, but you are offending Jesus in me. Because we are his representative. We are his feet. We are his eyes. We are his mouthpiece to this generation. And so when Jesus comes, that's not Diet Pepsi. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm teasing him. <clears throat> Chandler, what was I saying when you come up here? <laughs> well, Colonel Sanders came in again in the farm of Chandler. But what we have to understand is when Jesus came to the earth, born of a virgin, the Son of the living God, conceived by the Holy Ghost, because of that, we know who he is. He has changed our life. But we need to let Jesus come again. When we come to church, we need to let him have right away in our lives. We're not here just to hear a sermon, but the Bible said where two or three are gathered together, Christ is there. And so when we come in, we got to recognize that. We recognize each other, we speak, we talk, we ask who's winning, what team you for, all this. But at church, Jesus is dwelling there because you and I are here. And when we recognize that, then we realize that he is who he says he is. He can do what he claims he can do, and he'll do it for us and anybody that might be here if you and I will believe. Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to try to do this out reader glasses. And when he was coming to the multitude, there came to him a certain man knowing, uh, kneeling down before him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and vexed. laugh at me, but you got them too. Have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falls into the fire and into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now we see something here. There was a desperate need. And they brought him to the disciples. 
And the disciples had seen tremendous miracles happen. They had seen one miracle after another miracle after another miracle. But what happened when they brought him to him and they could not help him? All they probably would have said, I know Jesus can do it, and I know he has done miracles. I've witnessed them, and I know he claims who he is, and I believe he is that one, the Son of God. But when it came to believing, they had a hard time. You and I probably have that as well. I want to be like him, see. So Jesus always comes and is always there because he's in us. See, in a way, we're the answer to this generation. Not because of our talent, but because who dwells in us. Not because we had never sinned, but because of who dwells in us. Not that you've ever turned water into wine. Thank God you all can't do that. Would you all be drunk in this place? (laughs) But he can. He dwells in you. And so there's no limit to what I can do or you can do or we can do. But we have to remind ourselves who's in us. There's probably a time in many of your lives if you'd stand up to testify, you'd talk about something you gave your life to that was not godly. Something that had control of your life. Maybe you were a drug addict and couldn't be free or an alcoholic or some other thing. But when Jesus came, he set you free. You no longer are that person. And now you're no longer that person, Jesus is in you tonight. And so when we see that, we got to stop and say, as we witness all the needs we see around us in Kingman, that there's him in us, Christ in us, and it's the hope of this city, and it's the hope of the needs of these people. There's another scripture I want to read, if I can get this thing to work. It's found in Mark chapter 8, begin with verse 22. And he came to Bethesda, and they bought him a blind man and asked him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. I remember when I started praying for the sick and when God began to help me, and I've shared this many times, I wasn't sure I believed in miracles. I, didn't, I wasn't sure they were for today, but I ended up pastoring a church And you know, they always come to the pastor, if I told this, just bear with me, to pray for your needs. And so I'd pray for healing, but I didn't believe. Now, you might not be able to identify with that, but I really didn't believe. I prayed because that's what preachers do. 
And I remember this man came to me and said, I want you to pray for me. And so I'm thinking, oh, I got to pray again. Because I knew healing was real, but I wasn't sure it was real today. And so I prayed for him, and he got all excited and said, I'm healed. I said, you're healed? I was more surprised than he was because I didn't believe. But I prayed, and somehow that man believed when I laid hands on him and prayed. He said, yeah. So after that, I started reading the Bible with an open mind that he is a healer. And so as I began to do that, I began to pray. Joni and I was in the hills of North Carolina, down in the a valley into this church, preaching. And I've shared this here before. The pastor lived in the uh, Sunday school rooms. The church wasn't able to pay him a decent salary. And one night I was praying for the sick, and they brought a girl to me, and another girl was standing beside her, and I said, what would you like God to do for you? And the girl beside her said, she has a headache. And so I pray for headaches, won't you? So I prayed for headaches, and I started to turn this way, and I said, how are you feeling? And she didn't answer me. And so the girl with her said she can't hear. She's deaf. Now, now I was an expert on the headache, but now I got somebody can't hear. But because I had been in the Word of God and reading the book of Acts a lot and seeing the miracles, I decided to pray for her. And so I prayed for her, and I commanded her to hear. Now, this girl one time had her hearing. This girl knew what sounds were. There's some people that's never heard sounds, but she had. But what happened, she had these growths in her ears, and they took her eardrums out. Thank God they didn't tell me that first. So she turned her around, and I said, can you hear me? And she said, yes. And people are going wild, and I'm thinking, so I said, what's wrong with her? And they told me. So I said, you need to go home and tell your mother, because she could repeat everything anybody said to her, because she knew the words, but she had been deaf for some time now because of the surgery. And so when she got into her house that night, the telephone rang. And she ran and picked it up and answered it. And her mother about had a heart attack. And so I told her, go back to the doctor. Because when she told me I didn't have any eardrums and the girl shared it with me, I thought, wow, something's really happened here. So I was thinking they're going to go back and the eardrums are going to be there. And we just have praise for new eardrums. So she goes to the doctor, and her mother takes her, and the doctor, she said to the doctor, her mother did, my daughter can hear. And the doctor said, impossible. You can't hear without eardrums. She said, well, I, I don't know what's going on. Then she answers the phone and won't get off of it. And so the doctor took and took that thing and looked in her ears and said, it's impossible she can't hear. Her mother said, I don't care what you say. She can hear. So he turned her around 
And he said to her, I don't know if it was blonde or brown, you got the most beautiful hair. And she's turned the other way, and if she's a blonde, he must have said brown or she's blonde. And she said, that's not the color of my hair. And the doctor looked. And so he looked in her ears again. And he said, this is impossible. It's impossible. You cannot hear without eardrums. We did surgery on her. She cannot hear. But she hears, he says. I don't understand this. Now, I was believing for eardrums, but God did a greater miracle. He lets her hear without them. But you know why that happened? It was not because of me. It was who was in me. Christ in me is the hope. Christ in you is the hope for the sick, for the downhearted, for those that are bound by sin, for those that don't think that they have anything to live for. Jesus in you is the answer. But we have to believe that. I was glad they didn't tell me she didn't have eardrums. Because that would have bothered me, but it didn't bother Jesus. Jesus could have caused her little finger to hear. What'd you say? Her finger could have hear. No, it could have. Jesus could have made your ears to smell and your nose to hear if he wanted to. Because with God, nothing's impossible. And so we need to stop and remind ourselves who he is. He is the son of God. He did die on the cross and raise the third day. He did take the keys to death, hell, and the grave from the devil. He come that we have life and have it more abundantly. And when we stop and see that, we need to say to the devil when he says, you're not going to make it, you're not going to get your miracle, we need to face him head on and say, that's what you say, but the one in me says totally different. He said he will bless me. He will heal me. He will open the windows of heaven and pour out his blessing on me. And when we begin to believe that and confess that, we're going to see things we never dreamed could have happened. Who's in you? See, that's the question. I know you were saying to Jesus, and I can get you to say it over and over, but is it going to be in you in the morning? Is he in you when the mail comes? Is he in you when the checkbook looks like it's not going to make it, but you've been bringing the tithe and giving an offering? Is that one in you going to bless you in spite of what it says? Is he going to meet your need? Is he going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't even contain? But we got to stop and say that the God in us is bigger than the problems we got. The world seems to be falling apart. What used to be right's wrong, what used to be wrong's right. But it didn't change who's in you. What they said was normal, they say it's not normal. And what was not normal, they say is normal. But it doesn't matter who's in you. And no matter what you're facing and I'm facing, or how impossible it might seem, 
And how there might not be a way, if you and I will not be moved by what we see, but be moved by what we don't see, God will do a miracle in every situation. Jesus goes to the pool, and there's a man laying there on a cot, crippled. And when the angel came down to trouble the water, he couldn't get in. Somebody always beat him. And Jesus asked him a question. And the man said, but nobody will help me. But he was in the presence of Jesus. He seen Jesus. He heard Jesus talking to him. And when he responded to what Jesus said, he was instantly healed. Now, physically, we don't see him with our eyes. If you ever see him, get a picture, and I want to see it. But we don't see him, but he's still there, and he's still real, and he's still victorious, and he's still Lord God of all. He is a miracle worker. He is a provider, and he is the one that's going to make a way for you and I. But we remind ourselves every day we get up, not who we are. See, when I look in the mirror, I don't like looking anymore. That line, it's making me look old, and I know it's just lying to me, you know. And it, so I avoid all the mirrors I can. When I want to know what I look like, I pull out this picture when I married Joni. And that's how I look. But how many knows when Jesus is in us? Age can't stop us. Color of our skin can't stop us. The economy can't stop us. And 2020 ain't going to slow us down. But we're going to see an outpouring of God and the Holy Spirit because Jesus is in us. Can you imagine? Jesus in all, every one of us. And the Bible says two or three agree. It'll be done. And we got two, more than two or three we got a congregation tonight. If we'll agree and stand in the morning when you get up and you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, just say, I don't like what I see, but I like to, because you're in me. And I like that, Lord. And today we're going to do something phenomenal for the kingdom of God. Who's in us? He asked Peter this question, who do you say I am? He asked him that question. Because he knew that Peter would struggle and people were struggling. They, they didn't realize who was in their presence. And I ask you and I ask myself tonight, who do we say he is? He's not religion. He's the son of God. I said he's the son of God. And right now he's at the right hand of his father. And he's your lawyer, lawyer and high priest. And he said when you pray... When we pray to him, he makes intercession for us. And he's just waiting for you and me to believe something that's so impossible so he can show you that with God all things are possible. And he wants you to believe and see that when it looks like you're not going to make it, you're not only going to make it, you're going to be blessed above all you ever dreamed about. And when we get a hold of that, it's Christ in us. I've shared this here, but just one of the greatest miracles I've ever heard in my life. 
and his sister Janet Neville. Her husband's Larry Neville. He's preached here. They were missionaries for years upon years in the Philippines. But when Janet was four and a half years old, she came down and was in an iron lung because she had polio. Back in those days, they wouldn't let you go in the room with them. And so there she was laying in an iron lung. If you don't know what an iron lung is, go online and get a picture. It's a big machine they lay you in that closes. You got one little place to look out, and there's a mirror. And all you can see is what that mirror reflects that's behind you. They wouldn't let her mother in. So her mother was believing for a miracle. And so one night, she was praying, and she touched God. And so late that night, when the hospital was shutting down, it was quiet, she snuck in and went to Janet's room before she could get caught and said, Janet, God said he's going to heal you tomorrow. Jesus is going to come and touch you, and you're going to come out of that iron lung. Her mother left. The next day, they had her arm lung face where the mirror would reflect out the window. And Janet's laying there, and her mother said, Jesus is going to come and heal you today. Now, back in those days, polio was so bad, it would cripple you. and You weren't able to walk, and you had crutches. You, you wouldn't be able to run like you normally would do. But Janet's looking in this mirror, and out, she sees out the window, and in a far distance, she sees a great, a little tiny object that was a hand. And she said as she was laying there, as time is passing, that hand that was so far away is getting close to her window. It's getting closer and closer. And she said, a voice said, I'm Jesus, and I've come to heal you. And that very second, she was healed. The doctors came in, and she said, Jesus healed me. Well, the doctors would open up the iron lung and check you because you have trouble breathing and stuff. That's what polio did to you. And the doctor was blown away because they couldn't find any trace of polio in her. No signs of polio, no, nothing at all. And so the doctors called her mother and said, well, we can't explain this, but your daughter don't have polio anymore. But when you take her home, you don't let her run, don't let her ride a bicycle. She's just too weak. Make her stay in the house. And so Janet said to her mother, Mother, when you come get me, bring me a new dress and some new shoes and get me a bicycle. <laughs> and so her mother picked her up put her in a car, took her home, and the first thing she did was jump on her bicycle and start riding it. Now, why did that happen? Because her mother realized that Jesus was in her. And as a child of God, she had a right to come to him with her needs. And it was her little girl in an iron lung, folks, laying in a hospital. She wasn't even allowed to go in and see her because they said it was so contagious. or I guess that's why they didn't let her in. But her mother, through Jesus in her, touched heaven. 
touched heaven. Because you got a high priest in you that can touch heaven. You got a high priest that can touch our Heavenly Father. And she went there, and Jesus came, and Janet got out of there, and Janet and her husband has traveled in evangelism, been missionaries, pastored, and touched multitudes of people because who was in her mother, and her mother recognized it, and touched heaven. You say, well... What if it's impossible? Well, with man it is, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Are you tired of the devil ripping you off? Telling you you can't do it? Telling you well, it might not happen? Telling you you might not get your need met? Well, he's just a ripoff. He should be in Congress. I mean, uh, I don't know where that came from. He could head a committee. But I'm so glad tonight that Jesus is in us. He's in you. He's in me. He's in us. Now I want to close with this church tonight again, as I've done many times lately. This church is God's church. And he's going to bless it. Because Jesus is in us, and Jesus is the majority. And he's promised to give us the heathen for our inheritance. That's what the Word of God says. He'll give us the heathen. He's promised to heal bodies, do all kinds of miracles. He could make a way that we cannot make ourselves and give provisions that we can't do ourselves. But we need to stop and say, Christ in us. So when you go to the mirror this morning or tonight, ladies go at night and take their makeup off. Men go in the morning and try to put something on that looks good. <laughs> but what you see is not totally what you are. That's just the shell you abide in. But you're a child of God. You're eternal. And Jesus is in you. And when Jesus is in you, that's a majority. Believe for that miracle you have to have. You say, but you know, uh, I don't care what they say. All things are possible with him. But I don't see an answer. That's okay. He had already got the answer. The Happy Goodmans used to sing that song. The answer's on the way, this I know. Jesus said it, I believe it, and it's so. Our Heavenly Father knows our need before we pray. And you can rest assured the answer's on the way. Would you stand up and lift your hands and let's praise God for that tonight. Could you just stand up? Everybody out loud, let's begin to thank God that Jesus is in us and the miracles are for us. Come on, out loud, let's raise your voice to God. Hallelujah, we praise you. We thank you tonight that you are in us, that nothing is impossible, and you're going to bless us beyond all we could ever dream or we could ever do. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you tonight. We praise you. 
You know, anywhere we go in the world and preach or anywhere in the world, if you go to a church, there's one word that's always pronounced exactly like, and that's hallelujah. If I'm in Africa, they could, I might need an interpreter, but when they say hallelujah, it's universal. And that's why we want you to say hallelujah. Tomorrow when something looks impossible, say hallelujah. I mean, for a miracle. When you bring the tithe and give it to God and say, well, I need hallelujah, the miracle's coming. Because he's in me and he's promised us. And the Bible said, God cannot lie. God cannot lie. So one more time, and then we're going to go home. I want you to, and I don't want you to say anything but hallelujah. Just begin to say it over and over again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The victory. Hallelujah. We praise you. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise your name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you. Praise you. It's not an accident the world uses hallelujah. It's a heaven word. I said it's a heaven word. Because they're around the throne right now and the angels are crying hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the heavens praising him. And so before you go out to this building, turn to two or three people. Say I like you because I like who lives in you. Jesus in you. God bless you as you go. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.